And welcome into the first edition of the West Florida Wire for ESPN Pensacola. I'm Justin Patrick, your host. This podcast, uh, for the first episode, I'm really just going to be giving in news about the beginning of athletics for UWF. That's what the West Florida Wire is going to be about, just what's going on for UWF and at West Florida for the athletics program, whether that's football, volleyball, soccer, basketball, when it comes around, whatever's happening around the athletic department here in Pensacola at West Florida, I'm going to be bringing you news about it week in, week out, right here for ESPN Pensacola. I got all sorts of news going on today in this week, but we got a game versus Warner this week. Looking pretty good to kick off the season, the first season for West Florida without Austin Reed since 2018. Going to be a lot of changes. And so I had to get a very special guest, the guy who's got a lot of expectations to start him off so far. And it's going to be Mr. Byron Jarrett, the brand new QB1 coming out of Iowa Central Community College. He joins right now. Justin Patrick, ESPN Pensacola. For the first time joining the station, I got Byron Jarrett. Quarterback at UWF this year seems to be Mr. QB1. They call you Pee Wee, man, yeah. coming from Iowa Central Community College. What's the atmosphere been like at UWF for you, man? Uh, hot, for sure. But, uh, you know, it's been great. Everyone here has accepted me from teachers to teammates to staff. Uh, everyone's just accepting. And, you know, everyone, it seems like everyone here knows their role in, in this community and just plays it and helps each other become a better person. Now, where did this nickname Pee Wee come from? I've been curious to ask you for the longest time since I've been hearing you've been called it. Yeah, so my dad is Byron Sr., so instead of just calling me Junior, they rolled with Pee Wee since I was young, and I've never lost it. And sometimes nicknames like that stick to you, man, but hopefully QB1, that's going to stick with you throughout the season. You came in here, you had a lot of guys. You had Nizat, who had already been here for the spring game. Michael Rich Jr. transferred in. And you guys know whose shoes were in this position last year. You know where he's at now. Yeah. What's it been like trying to fight and win this position this year? Uh, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't really call it a fight. I mean, all those guys just got along together well. I mean, we jailed well. We were just competing. You know, we competed every day. Still competing, make each other better, and... Uh, you know, I know those guys want the best for me just like I want the best for them. And, you know, I appreciate that because, I mean, you know, some quarterback rooms are definitely, like, very toxic. So they can just throw everyone off their game. But we really just all want the best from each other. And, uh, you know, Austin did a phenomenal job here. And, you know, I'm not really looking forward to just, like, you know, fill his shoes. It's really just, you know, I'm going to do my part with the people around me and go from there. Make your own name here. Yeah? Sure. That's good. That's good. I like that. So you got a lot of big names who are playing around you. You've got a really good backfield of Ravion and yeah. Shamari Mason, guys who have been on first team GSC a couple times. David Dern, he's a pretty big name himself right now, named to the Senior Bowl watch list. Mm-hmm. Man, what's it like working with these guys? Got Kay Leggett as well. Yeah, I mean, one thing about all those guys right there, they're going to pull the best out of me. And, you know, I receive texts from them all the time. They just want to see me be the best, fullest potential because they, they've seen what I can do. And I, I know what they can do. They've already done it on film. So that's the biggest thing for me, just stepping into this program and, you know, knowing my role. I know, like, being a quarterback, you know, people just think you run the whole team. But I know my role. These guys have put in their time and their effort and work to this program. So this is their, their season. I just want to help them, you know, go out on top for sure. What's been your favorite thing so far since joining the program and working with Coach Shinnick? Yeah, um, I'll say life is bigger than football. You know, our first three days of camp, you know, we, we don't touch a football. We're just all culture building, and I've never got into a culture like this place. And, you know, they're making me become a better husband, father, you know, employee, employer. And that's, that was the biggest thing to me because they see um, football isn't bigger than life. So, you know, other things go on, and, they're here for you, and no matter what, I know they got they got me through whatever. 
the mentality here. It's always been winning, but it's always been, you know, football is bigger than life. Mm-hmm. Big, life is bigger than football. Mm-hmm. You know? So, you know, it's always been good to see that. And when you came in here, did it, was it less pressure for you? Was it less stressful seeing that type of environment? Yeah, I mean, they, they told me from the day I came in here, you know, they weren't going to roll out the red carpet for me. And, you know, I got to earn everything. But they're also going to make me become a better person. And um, that was the biggest thing to me because, you know, not not always you find places where that, you know, football is a business. And this it definitely was not a business here. And, you know, they looked at me just as a human being. And that was a huge thing I took away on my visit. And, uh, you know, ultimately led to the decision I made to come here. So, Warner this weekend, yep. not a crazy big game, but, you know, it's going to be your first game. So, of course, it's going to be big for you at this level. What's it like feeling in going into that game Saturday? Yeah, I mean, um, our coach has been telling us since the first day of camp, you know, our average will get us beat no matter who we play. So, I mean, if we're not our best and, you know, GSC ready week one, we're just kind of get comfortable with not being GSC ready and winning or whatever the outcome is this week. So, I just feel like we play to our best potential. You know, there's not a lot of teams out there that are going to want to see us. And, you know, Werner um, had a tough loss last week. And, uh, you know, we're just going to come in and do our job. And every, if we do our job, everything will take care of itself. Now, I'm sure you've heard the news. First ever season on campus, yep. you know, first ever home season on campus. How's that feel, like, knowing that? Like, you see this environment being built around you throughout camp. What's that been like for you? Yeah, it's been crazy to see how fast it went up, first of all. You know, I, I told them people out there who were doing it, I appreciate them multiple times just because, you know, we think people think our job is hard, you know, wearing pads and, you know, we're playing a, a children's sport for fun. They're out there doing hard labor just so our stadium could look good. So, I mean, that's that's the first thing. And, uh, you know, second, it's just it's kind of a new era here on campus and going to have all these people to come watch us and, you know, cheer us on. And that's going to be a huge thing. Just people right on campus in the middle of everything. Gotcha. Well, Byron, I appreciate the time. Man. I can't wait to see how you do this season this Saturday. Best of luck to you. Appreciate y'all. Byron Jarrett, appreciate him joining the Join the podcast and join the show. Uh, can't wait to see what he does versus Warner. This is a kid who has been very impressive, whether it's his arm or his ability to move. He's been really something special. Can't wait to see how he works with guys like Shamari Mason, guys like Ravion Hargrove, guys who have been a part of this playbook for a while. David Durden, who joined last year, a new guy in Caden Leggett. You got fre- uh, sophomore Jared Smith this year, and then a guy like Larry Rembert, who had a couple big games last year. Can't wait to see how he does. I'm going to dive into the game versus Warner later on in the show. But like I said, the West Florida Wire is going to deal with a lot of different sports. It's not going to just be one. I'm going to have all sorts of guests on. I got Coach Shinnick. I'll play him later on in the show. It's going to be nice. I'm. I'm kind of feeling it out for myself as well but i'm going to be diving into all sorts of sports that are going on on campus and next i want to move into the women's volleyball team probably the football team gets all the highlights the football team gets a lot of the spotlight but you can't ever ignore this volleyball team they are always something special year in year out and you can't be surprised they're coming off an undefeated weekend four and oh so far on the season they competed in the and they competed in a team tournament where you had number eight central missouri coming up they beat them in five sets i mean it was a really good weekend for them you had senior setter taylor van kieran being named to a tournament mvp and then also the gse offensive player of the week sophomore libero meg brackham being named to the all tournament team and then the gsc defensive player of the week and sophomore outside outside hitter avery rogers being named to the all tournament team and, of course, head coach Melissa Walter winning her 500th 
career match as a head coach. She is now 502 and 198. That's a 717 win percentage. And this is her 23rd season. Last year coming up just short versus Tampa. And they went on to win the whole thing. This team is always going to have national championship contender ability year in, year out, as long as Coach Walter is in the, that spot, being the one who coaches this team. It look, looks to be really good, but they are heading to play in the Colorado Premier Challenge. Looks to be really tough. It's going to be a two-day tournament co- hosted by Regis and Metro State. A lot of big names in this tournament. They are one of the 10 ranked teams that are in this 12-team field. Looks to be a pretty good good, good weekend for them. They're going to start off with Azusa Pacific. That's who they are. They're not ranked. And then they're going to move on to Wayne State College. They're ranked 15 in the country. And then depending on how they do versus those games, that's what's going to be happening and how they're going to play versus them. Um, that's where it's going to go into. Of course, this is not going to be live. Don't know what's going to be happening after. I give all the results week in, week out from what I know from when this is recorded. So whenever this is made, that's when I'll know. But right now, they're playing Friday versus Azusa Pacific, and then they got Wayne State College, and they got two games on Saturday that they'll be playing out in Denver, Colorado. And then it's going to come back, and they'll have the UWF Invitational. That's always going to be great. And they'll have UNC Pembroke next Friday, Oklahoma Baptist also. They're playing a doubleheader that day, and then they'll play Lewis the day after that. UNC Pembroke, always an interesting school to see come play at UWF because that is the former School of Head Coach Pete Shinnick. Always like seeing that. A little correlation for you if you didn't know that. Um, he did a really great job there, but he's done an even better job here, and hopefully he stays around, of course. I'm going to dive into soccer as well. It's been a really interesting season, knowing where they came off of last year. Lost a couple players for the women's. They've been 2-0 so far. They've beaten Tampa and St. Leo. They're going to start off this week versus Rawlings, and then they have Pensacola Christian college as well so you get the local battle between the two teams going on excited to see what happens with that and then they move into conference play for the gsc they'll have alabama huntsville west Al, and then they'll move they have a pretty big break until they play union after that but right now they're one and one so they lost to st leo by one they beat tampa 3-0 and then on the woman's side of things they've been impressive knowing their year last year Having a phenomenal year, you could call it. Just coming up short in multiple ways, more than one. Lost a couple players. Right now, they are 1-0-1. They beat Barry 2-0, and they tied Queens 0-0. And then they will start off with Eckerd next Friday, or this Friday, excuse me. That's where it's going to start off for them. And you see the soccer teams, they compete really well in the GSC. They've done... Well, year in, year out, and it's always going to be really good. The fall athletics for UWF has always been very strong. Volleyball, in my mind, has always been particularly one of the strongest programs that UWF has had because Coach Walter consistently puts out a great team that's going to compete in the tournament and in the GSC year in, year out. Football is building its name year in, year out. Of course, they are coming off the GSC championship as well. And a lot of changes for the football team. It's going to be a big, different setting. But it looks to be really good. And once again, I'll dive into that later on in the show. But right now, I did want to dive into some news with baseball. So those of you who don't know me, I am, was, am the voice of UWF baseball. I was their voice and their play-by-play guy last year. A really good team, a good program. They were a great 
program two years ago, being the number one team right to the country. They lost to Tampa, who was the runner-up in the national championship. That's who knocked them out. But they're adding a former UWF great and Kevin Johnson to the baseball staff. He was a former Argo. He spent six years of professional baseball. Yeah, he was really good. He started for the Argonauts from 2009 to 2010, had a 13-6 record with six complete games and three shutouts. He was the ABCA, NWBCA, and the D2 All-Region selection in 2010, earned his second All-Golf South Conference honor that same year. He was later named to the GSE All-Decades team for 2010. Really, really impressive guy when you just look at his stats. Uh, I don't believe he wasn't on that national championship team. He came right before it. It's kind of crazy to think that, you know, this guy, one of the greatest to come through the program, was not part of that national championship team that was developed under head coach Mike Jeffcoat. This is going to be a really great addition, just knowing that pitching last year, from my perspective, wasn't at its best. You had a lot of great names, Tyler Daly, Josh Pallad, a lot of great names on the mound for him. But was not great coming out the bullpen. Always struggled a lot. Never had that guy you could always go to, except for Jacob Estes. He was always really good coming in and close in the eighth and ninth inning. But after that, you really in those middle innings, from the fifth to about the eighth, you, it was tough from the final reliever sometimes. And if the bats weren't there, it usually meant that they did not come out on top. They always competed. They always did really, really well. But they need some help on their pitching staff. I'm not going to lie. I, this comes from, I watched all their home games last year. They were not the greatest coming out the bullpen. And sometimes the rotation was on it, and they can go deep, and then they just throw it to the Estes. But if they didn't have that ability, it was a, t- it was a tough day for them. So after college, he, uh, Johnson, he spent with the Pel- Pensacola Pelicans, and they was drafted in the 2010 Major League first-year player, player draft to the Los Angeles Angels in the 20th round. He was in the system for six years. In 2012, he pitched in the Freeway Series at Dodger Stadium and set this single-season save record in the Texas League while playing for the Arkansas Travelers. A year later, he was selected to play in the Texas League All-Star Game. So it's nice to see someone like this coming back in. Um, I'm excited to see what this can produce for head coach Mike Jeffcoat's program. He's been there for so long. The guy has over 500 wins. It won't be surprising to see them have another successful season. The bats are always there. Something I've always raved and said about head coach Jeff Coates' program is just his ability to make something happen. Never a team that you're going to see have a lot of power. You know, Colin O'Shea, he set the career home run record for UWF's programs last year. Not surprising. He's been there for a while. And it wasn't like he had a copious amount of home runs. Never had a lot. He was, but he was always good. Something that Jeffco has always done is power will come, but small ball and situational hitting will come first. Always loved that about this team. Of course, Colin O'Shea, 11 home runs on the year. The closest after him was Josh Prezina. He hit seven. And as a team last year, they had 34 home runs. It's not a lot for a full season of baseball where you played – Around 50 games almost. Not a great, not, not a lot of home runs. Because you're really, you're not even, you're almost not even hitting one every other game. It's getting to that point. But the pitching could definitely use help. And so when you add Kevin Johnson, you, know, you don't have a guy like Josh Pilate anymore, but you will have a guy like Tyler Dowdy. 
Dowdy, who's been a really well-known name in the rotation, a 5.92 ERA last year, 4-6 and six on the mound. He started 13 games. He had one complete game where he pitched phenomenal. But opponents were hitting 292 versus him. Not ideal once again. And last year, the roster, the pitching roster in itself had a 282 batting average allowed. Not ideal whatsoever. So when you look at that for UWF, you can hope better will come. Guys like Jacob Estes, Chase Wilkerson, Hunter Lucas, all really good names who have potential to do better. And uh, you know, you have a guy like Salvatore Faro. He was one of the guys in the rotation as well. He had a really decent season in my mind. 3.36 ERA, a 6-2 win-loss record. Started 13 games as well. He was their day two starter. And opponents were a 272 against him. One of, one of the better names, Josh Pallad, he came in as the first-day starter, and it kind of fell off a little bit. He had his good days. He had his bad days because he was coming out of a relief position for the baseball team. He was always going to be a guy who came in later on and was a long, long-term pitcher when he was a relief pitcher. He always did really well. And then he, and last year in the playoffs against Tampa, he had a complete game, two-hit shutout, which was really, really clutch, safe pitching for him, but still was not able to come out top in that final winner-go-home game between the two teams that Tampa put them out. So for the baseball team, that's really great news seeing that for them. Excited to see what they're going to be able to do with that. And then we look at UWF basketball. They're hosting a elite camp as well. And I'm going to go ahead and dive into this game versus Warner. So looking at Warner, not a great team. Nothing that you're going to see is going to pop off the page. But UWF, they struggle to find opponents to play them because UWF football right now is one of those teams where it's like you don't want to suffer a loss. And if you go play UWF football, you could suffer a loss for sure. That's just where the program is right now. That's who they are. So you can't be surprised to see that they struggle. You know, Last year you had Fort Lauderdale. They forfeited because they couldn't put up enough players. They could, but you know they didn't want to put them through a powerhouse like UWF, of course. So it made things a little difficult for them. But right now for Warner, that's who they start off their season with. Last year they lost to Kaiser. 44-7, that was, uh, that's how they start off their season last week. So they're 0-1. They come to Pensacola this week. It's going to be fairly interesting. I'm excited to see no David Durden this weekend. Yeah, this is a guy who first team all GSC, didn't even play every single game last year. He's on the Senior Bowl watch list. Scouts come week in, week out watching these guys play, and Durden, of course, is probably on their list. Right now he's dealing with an ankle injury, but he'll be fine. I talked to him about every week or so. He's like, I'm just recovering right now. It's not a game that they're going to be needed. They're going to want him later on down the road when you start getting into that GSC play. It's going to get a little bit more difficult. You know, you guys go to Southwest Baptist next week. They came to our house last year, and we beat them pretty well. So not another game you don't need to worry about. But then when we come back home, Delta State, North Greenville, got to go on the road to West Georgia. Gave you your first loss of of the season last year. And then you got shorter. Mississippi College, West Dow, then Valdosta, and then Mississippi College again. So once you get in that GSC play, it's going to turn things up a little bit. This game is a wideout, though, so, you know, excited to see that for it. Of course, in other news, I'm not going to just deal with what's going on on the field. UWF, they are announcing a clear bag policy as they expanded the seating for Penn Air Field. So I got to go out yesterday 
and see the atmosphere of the field. Pretty, pretty cool. It's a lot of moving parts. You know, it's, it's, it was never easy for them. You got to have to admit that. It was never easy for them. They had to do with a lot of different things. They had to go through a lot of storms. I mean, they're dealing with August right now. That's when they were doing most of their building. They were dealing with August. A lot of rain's going to be coming out here. So they had to do a lot of stopping, going, stopping, going. But now it's set up. And honestly, it's better than what I thought. I'm very, I'm very honest. It's better than what I thought was going to come out from it. It looks great, especially on the home side, the seating, the, bl- the blue and then the navy blue. The correlation with the seats looks really, really nice. If you don't get a chance to go, try and check it out at some point throughout this season. Looks really nice. First ever season on campus. Can't wait to see what's going to happen throughout the year. Coach Shinnick, he's seeming pretty calm. Got a lot of guys moving around. It's going to be a really, really different. Got some local guys that joined the team, though. This team has always been off of what it does. Who is the best? Who is going to be your best guy, best fit? Whether it's a local guy, though. We do have a couple local guys. You got Shannon Showers, Anthony Johnson Jr. They're back this year on defense. Sherrod Oliver, he's back this year on defense as well. Some really good names. And, of course, you have Aiden Sweat. He's one of the bigger names that we've got to see throughout the years, and he is in his last year as well. Can't wait to see what he does. But you got some, you got some guys around here. I look at the receivers. I just think they're loaded. They have just so many different guys. So many different guys who are going to produce for this team. Of course, you have Durden. Of course, you have Leggett. But those aren't the guys I really focus on. You got guys like a Larry Rember, a Jared Smith, who had three touchdown games last year. Both of them did. You have a guy like Sweeting who got some playing time last year. It's going to be a really good year. But they added a few guys. Daquan Bailey-Brown, a transfer from Southern Miss. Mystical McGee. If that sounds familiar, well, he did play football around here. Played at Washington. I got to call a couple of his games. He transferred in from Fort Scott Community College. And then you have a guy like Isaiah Harris who transferred in from Kansas State. Caden Leggett, he's a really popular name right now. He just transferred in from Texas State. He was a three-star coming out of high school. This guy has great potential, very good size, 6'1", 200 pounds, and he's fast. Kind of similar to Durden, 6'2", 200 Durden runs a 4-4, though. I don't know about legged speed, but I know, no, that kid's good. Durden speaks very highly of him. And, of course, when I look at this backfield, I'm always excited to see this backfield. You've got a guy like Deontay Sheffield coming in from Florida State. He's a graduate student. He's one of those local guys. He's from Destin, played at Niceville. You've got a guy like C.J. Wilson. He's going to get some touches as well. Gavin Grice, he played at Pine Forest. He's a freshman. He's on the, he's on the roster this year. But the real guys, man, you got Shamari Mason, Aravion, Hargrove. This is someone like two guys very similar in size, both 5'6", and they're within 10 pounds of each other, right? Shamari Mason, great kid. He's one of those guys who's just hard to tackle on a phone booth type of guy. And then you got Ravion Hargrove. He's like a pinball, man. He's going to bounce off everybody thrown at him. And it's hard to bring him down. I, got a, I remember a play last year versus Southwest Baptist. It took about five guys. Not to tackle him, just to push him out of bounds. They couldn't tackle him. That's how tough he is. Both those guys are so different, but so similar in size, but their play style is just so different. And that's what I love about this team is that you have so many different guys who are going to come in and produce for you, and it's going to happen in so many different ways. 
Byron Jarrett, he's been the biggest name, of course. It looks really good. Excited to see what's going to be going on. I got a chance to talk to Coach Shinnick. He joins the West Florida Wire right here. He got to talk about the game versus Warner. Justin Patrick, ESPN Pensacola, joining me now for the first time this season, Coach Pete Shinnick. And, uh, Coach, very exciting times on campus because you're playing football on campus for the whole season. How's that feel for you? Oh, it feels great and really uh, extremely proud of our administration and what they've been able to put together uh, really in less than six months to be able to get all this up and to make it happen and to have a great plan. And, uh, you know, looking forward to the food trucks coming in and looking forward to the fans filling in here on Saturday. I think it's going to be a great environment here at Penn Air Field. Now, before we dive into the game versus Warner this week, a lot of moving parts throughout the offseason, whether it was the environment of the field or the environment of the program, what can you really take away? A lot of new guys leaving and a lot of new guys coming in as well. Yeah, you know, college football every year, you know, we say we start from, you know, ground zero trying to find uh, what type of team this is, what type of identity they're going to have, who they're going to be, uh, you know, and so nothing different this year. We lost some big names and you know, excited that one of those names is in the NFL right now. So that's a that's a great honor for him. And uh, but with the guys who are here, it's hey, this is how we do things. This is what it looks like. Getting them comfortable with who we are, how we do it. Uh, and I really like how this team has handled things and how they've grown and how they've developed. Now you mentioned uh, the NFL, DeAnthony Bell. News coming out a couple of days ago. Couldn't be really surprised when you heard it, seeing how well he did in the preseason and in training camp as well. What was your reaction to that, knowing that that was the first player out of this program and to be named to a 53-man roster? Yeah, just very excited for him. I mean, DeAnthony from day one, uh, really, is, he came in, he worked as hard as anybody. Uh, he put in the time. He wanted to be great. Um, and, you know, this was a goal and a vision. So to see him put all that work in, see him get done what he's get, what he's been able to do. And then, like you say, I mean, his preseason games, I mean, he really took advantage of it, forcing turnovers, getting sacks, uh, getting tackles for losses. I mean, just really did a great job. Yeah, a lot of big guys, including him, leaving the defense this year. But as always, reloading into the program and even on the offensive things, you lost a couple of big names on the receiver position. Kay Leggett, he's a transfer that came in. Deontay Sheffield, he's going to be coming in for Florida State. What can you say about the transfers that are transferred in this year? Yeah, I, we, we've always been able to attract, I think, some really quality guys that uh, have helped our depth. And so you mentioned Caden Leggett. Uh, he came into a pretty – uh, deep wide receiver uh, room, and he's really established himself, doing a doing a great job. And then um, you also got Mystical McGee from Pensacola. He's playing very well for us at the wide receiver spot. Um, got uh, got a couple of defensive backs that I think have really done uh, a great job. Keon Voison from uh, Crestview, uh, really putting himself in a great situation, as well as Brandon Cross. Uh, so we're, you know, every year we're going to attract uh, a handful of transfers. And, uh, you know, our main thing is they come in, understand who we are, how we do things. And they've been great additions. And, you know, uh, we're, you know, again, we, we lost some really good players, as you mentioned. But we feel like the guys that were in the program continuing to develop, they're going to come in and do a great job uh, now that they have their opportunity. And we'll continue to add depth with great transfers. Now, the big transfer, of course, being Austin Reed leaving this season. Played his first game last week and had a solid game versus Austin P. But, you know, you had to replace him as well, and you found a pretty good guy out of the NAI division in Pee Wee. How do you feel about him? Yeah, he comes from junior college. He was at Western Illinois, so he was at an FCS program. Um, excited about what 
uh, he brings, um, you know, and so he's got two years of eligibility left. And really from day one since he's arrived, he's just gotten better and better and more comfortable with the offense. So uh, I think game one, we're going to see uh, some of the things that he can do. And I think we're going to just continue to, uh, you know, move in a direction where he continues to master and uh, get comfortable within the offense. I know Durden, he won't be playing this weekend from what I've heard, but you got to be pretty excited. He was named to the Senior Bowl watch list. That's a pretty big local event, and we had uh, a couple of guys who have been in that before. And Durden, you know, what do you have for his image this season? Yeah, we're, we're very excited about, uh, you know, where he's at. Uh, he's still rehabbing an ankle, so um, we want to get him 100% before we put him back out there. And so there's still a little more work uh, that needs to be done. And um, we feel like he's at a very, very good place. He's been uh, – slowly getting back into practice so uh, we hope to have him uh, full speed by uh, next week but uh, you know great honor to be on that watch list I think that's uh, really just a credit uh, to you know what he was able to accomplish and also when the NFL scouts came in for the junior day he ran sub 4-4 so anytime you do that you're, you're gonna get the attention of some people. Of course. Now, looking at the whole perspective of the game versus Warner, just trying to get everybody dialed in on the same page. You know, that's what you're telling me off mic. And what's really the whole game plan? Just trying to get that going. Yeah. So Warner, you know, is is a program with a brand new head coach. They've had a little transition. Uh, they played a top ten NAIA team, and you know, got beat forty four to seven, I believe it was. Uh, and so for us, it's really you know one of our main things is it's how we play, not who we play. So we're constantly just talking about what we're doing and how we're doing it and what we need to make that look like. So um, we want to run our stuff, run our base stuff. We want our guys to handle it well, and uh, we want to see exactly what we can do and then uh, keep adding to the game plan as we go along. Coach Shinnick, always appreciate the time, and best of luck to you this weekend. All right, buddy. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. All righty. So always appreciate Coach Shinnick giving me time, and uh, I have his busy, busy week when it comes to game <laughs> it comes to the season. Of course, I wanted to end it off on this. De'Anthony Bell. Nothing is more unique of a situation than when you've been covering a guy and it goes big time. You know, De'Anthony Bell has been a very popular name throughout the program for a really long time. Got to watch him a lot last year. Of course, he's been named first team GSC multiple times. And last year, didn't get drafted, which it's tough getting drafted at the D2 level. Unless you are doing things that absolutely pop off the page, it's tough. But... I remember when we came in here last year, before the season even started, we got Austin Reed, DeAnthony Bell, Anthony Johnson Jr. We get all the seniors. We got all the big names, right? I'm talking to Will Kenny. I go, hey, who on this team is NFL ability? DeAnthony Bell, all day. Not even a hesitant thought. Could it be more right? He is a DB that has just so many different tools He's done so well. You watch him in training camp with the Browns. He gets a pick six, forcing fumbles during preseason games. And so when the news came out that he was named to a 53-man roster, you couldn't be surprised, but you could definitely be proud and definitely happy for not just Pensacola but for UWF as well because it was a first for them. They've had guys who've been signed to teams like Rodney Coates last year. He was signed to a team. He signed him with the Seahawks, right? You had a lot of guys. This happens year in, year out. But named to a 53-man roster is completely different because it means that, hey, on Sunday or Thursday or Monday, depending on your schedule, 
If we need you, we'll go to you. And that's where DeAnthony Bell is. And I think he has serious potential to do well in the NFL, and hopefully it pans out for him. Couldn't be more happy for him. He's the first from UWF's football program to be named to a 53-man roster. So I wanted to end off on that. This is the first edition of the West Florida Wire. I'm Jesse Patrick. I've been your host. I'll talk to you all next week about what's going on throughout the Argo Athletic Program right here in Pensacola, right here for ESPN Pensacola.